Rachel doesn't have to know I'm on the podcast. This is Elder Speak episode 12. Um, and uh, this time, Kip and Randy isn't here, but instead we have Gavin. Yo. Elliot. Hey. And Dan. Hey guys, what's happening? Um, so, we're so, sort of just going to kick this off right away, and um, I'll, I'm going to do a small side update. Um, basically, you'll notice that uh, the updates on the main page this week is just ridiculous we have four or five posts at least uh, a day and that's just because we have so much content now uh, that we just have to get it out the door as quickly as possible quality content of course but but uh, it it um, it um, it's a lot to uh, to handle and so so the site will seem a little more updated than usual, perhaps, uh, in the coming weeks. Um, you'll notice that some of the articles don't have the exact uh, correct date on them, and that's just because our uh, database system actually works in a way that we can't get the post to hit the top of the page without uh, making it the, the, the top or the, the newest post. Um, uh, and and even sometimes when we do that, it still goes below another post that we made a few hours ago. So we basically have to sort of skip ahead a day just to get it to hit the top of the page. Uh, of course, we're going to fix this in a sh- short while, but for now, it's just going to be that way. Uh, so I hope you all can um, can deal with it. Um, and that's it. Check out our forums. Uh, <laughs> We're getting quite a few users right now, and we have almost five thousand posts, I think. So uh, we're uh, oh, we're uh, oh. going along. Uh, Four thousand two hundred, actually. Um, and yeah. Um, so what have you guys been playing this week, um, Gavin? Um, I've been a very bad geek. I haven't been playing that much. Um, actually, my week has pretty much been consistent of tech, uh, techno comedy music, uh, a lot of sandwiches, and getting laid. <laughs> I know that sounds odd, but um, this has actually been one of the most active weeks in that regard for me that's, in quite that, some time. So that sounds very ungeeky. Yeah, yeah. I was just like for older geek, you know, get, getting laid. That's really a. Uh... It's not our well, I'm actually one of the few members of Elder Geek not to be in a committed relationship, so I'm free to be, you know, mute, uh, smooth and woo and whatnot. And so far, uh, I haven't. You and me both, man. So, uh, <laughs> I think, but, we, got, yeah, I think I've, we got the bachelors. Elliot, are you? Uh... Yeah, I'm single right now. All right, dude, this is the Bachelor so, cast. So, yeah, so ladies, <laughs> we're free. <laughs> if you're looking for uh, nowhere to find us, our guest lady, possibly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what are you gonna do? Or people yeah. on internet pretending to be ladies. Oh, to find that's us. good enough. That's good enough. If they can do it, they can do it. <laughs> But um, Gamefly has actually been sending me all of my games from the uh, part of my GameCube that I forgot that I set up. So right after I got Alone in the Dark for PS3, I got a game I've already played for the PS3 and a game that I forgot to 
take out from my PS3, so I haven't been able to get a lot of games that I could actually play. Mm. But yeah, that's been my week. I have been listening to Stephen Lynch's song D and uh, D though, which is related to gaming. So, mm. rock on. But not a lot for me. Sorry, guys. Any geeky movies? Oh, always. Uh, um, a lot of obscure um, animated films from the Asian market. Um, recently watched. Uh, gonna probably botch this, but Arashi no Yuri ni, which is the Japanese name. I think it translates to uh, One Stormy Night. Just a lot of. Um, interesting animated films um nothing i'm pretty sure anyone listening to this one uh would get but uh elliot might but um <laughs> mostly yeah just focusing on the getting laid aspect of it that kind of takes priority when you're me yeah definitely. <laughs> um dan how about you uh well i got i have some good news and bad news i've been playing uh super mario rpg uh with uh Ooh. kip has been you know backseat driving me just because i did, never got a chance to uh, play it when I was on the Super Nintendo, and I had it on my Wii. Um, so we've been doing that, and then uh, we've also been watching the Star Wars movies in order, just for shits and giggles. And then uh, <clears throat> the other thing that just happened, though, is we live in a cabin out in the woods, right? And we just bug-bombed our cabin because it was just insane in there. And uh, I covered up my Wii with a towel, and it kind of overheated, and it's not really working at this point in time. So, Wait, you, you left your Wii on while the bug bomb was in there? I covered it up with a towel, so I figured that we would be good. Apparently I was wrong, so yeah, but I'm an left, idiot. But why did you leave it on and cover it up with a towel? Um, yeah, great question, actually. <laughs> I, <laughs> I really, really wasn't things. thinking about it. Yeah, so it that that's kind of down. So I was bummed out because I've been really looking forward to getting my hands on like Ghostbusters or something this week, or just any new Wii game, right? And just checking it out for the site. But mm. so yeah, is any other hardware malfunctioning, or do they all survive the bug bomb? Um, Except okay, the- so there's a PlayStation Three in the apartment too, and there's also you know a surround sound system and a giant uh, 50 inch HD TV, and all those are fine. So yeah, so yeah. self complaining. I'm guessing. Yeah, no. I'm guessing it's okay to put those, set those off near um, electronics, because people yeah, use them I, all the time, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's like a giant mar- aftermarket product or whatever. I mean, it's. Yeah. I think we just covered it up and it fried it or something. So, mm. yeah, stupid right. move. Yeah, Elliot, how about you? <laughs> um, playing a lot of Fuel and Prototype, more of the latter because the former is not that good anymore. Uh, mm. Any, you know, anymore, anymore. Uh, it started out really good because it's you know like five thousand square miles of open terrain with no loading times, and you know it's pretty much yeah, the size of Con- yeah, it's the size of Connecticut, but it's the size wanna, of Connecticut but with nothing around. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Alright. But. I mean, Prototype's actually a lot of fun. It's kind of... Okay, it's not kind of. It is infamous, but just with different superpowers. And I've been... Yeah, I've been playing my new PSP a little, playing uh, Symphony of the Night on that. Hey, all right. Nice. Cool. Um, Dom, I actually realized just now that I I totally caught you off. I I didn't get uh, give you the chance to mention any games. Oh, 
that I was playing. I was just playing yeah. Super Mario RPG. Um, then I, uh, I think I messed around with uh, BitTrip Beat a little bit more because uh, once the review went up, I just got really excited about it, and it looks hilarious, and your eyes just burn out when you're playing it on a giant TV. So <laughs> <laughs> that was, I mean, that was pretty much all I was playing. We got it. Cool. So, um, yeah. I've actually uh, been playing a few things. Um in my spare time from editing a bunch of stuff and putting stuff up on the site. Uh, I've been playing some Wolfenstein 3D on PS3, and uh, man, I, I love that game. Yeah, me too. Um, Does it work it, well on PS3? Oh yeah, it works uh, awesomely. Uh, you, you actually have to, or I actually have to, um, to have it on the hardest difficulty just to make it entertaining, because uh, I played that <laughs> game like crazy when I was a kid, and, it, and it's like riding a bike to me. I just snap into it right away. Yeah, Moth um, is great at shooting shit in the face. That was actually me and the yeah, new but that, actually. That, that actually. That's actually the first game I ever played. Oh, really? Yeah, really? so so um, so I think I was like five or six years old, and, and I borrowed my stepdad's PC to play it, and uh, that's how it got me into gaming, by shooting dudes in the face. German dudes. <laughs> <laughs> Not, nothing like shooting German dudes in the face. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and also, I've also been playing around with uh, the uh, the thing I can't seem to shut up about the iPhone, um, and uh, I'm, I'm trying out I'm I'm trying out a game a racing game called Real Racing. I don't know if you've seen a video of this. It's it's the one where you you steer by sort of using the the iPhone as a wheel, you know, and it, and yeah, it works no, I, really well. The only thing yeah, is. I, I, I've also got an iPhone, and I've checked out a bunch of like the demos for the racing games. I think there's one called yeah. the Jelly Car Racer that's free or like a dollar or something like that. It's pretty good. It controls the same way. Ah, cool. Yeah, because uh, the only thing is, uh, I wish you actually had to press the screen to accelerate, but I guess it's automatic. So you do have to press the screen to brake, and that's all right and all, but uh, yeah. Uh, but it's cool. I'll probably have a review of that up uh, shortly. Uh, There's actually well. a rumors floating around with the new PSP Go being completely digital distribution that we're going to get a um, a Me Too kind of app store for the PSP. That'd be, I think that'd be pretty Hopefully. interesting. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, I think just... that'd be the, the whole point of digital distribution is to have stuff like that. I, I mean, that's how I feel about it anyway. So yeah, yeah I hope that's what they're doing with the PlayStation I mean, you've Store. Had, you've had that since the beginning with firm uh, with um, Homebrew software since the original PSP. It would be nice to see them actually officially supporting it that would definitely get some psp sales up but yeah sorry i kind of deflated matt's there no no that's a good point uh i just wanted to add that i just think uh, i think they messed up i know i've said this before but i think they messed up with the psp go i think it's the psp just like kip's article said the psp needed to be the next iphone and it's not hmm. um so yeah whatever but um um yeah, let's move on. The two hundred fifty dollars price point is just ridiculous. That's the main thing. Sony yeah, just I, can't. Seem I don't to think that. I don't think it's that outrageous no. because no, I mean, Sorry, I mean, think ahead. about it. I mean, an iPod Touch with sixteen gigabytes of storage space is priced, you know, fifty dollars more expensive, and it doesn't that's play true. games. But yes, it does. Um, but for, for us, that's nice. Well, it but doesn't for play PSP consumer? games and PS One games and. But yeah, yeah Gavin but think, is right think, for the average think, consumer. Think about this. Yeah, the design, at least in my opinion, is horrible. It's just bad design. Oh, uh, no, I love the slide-out design. Uh, What's wrong with it? Yeah. yeah, I like it's, it. 
You do? I, I don't like the way the, I don't like the slide out because I think if you're gonna have that, you should do a clamshell kind of a la DS or uh, yeah, the other if, like. If you're, if you're gonna have the screen on the top of the device when it's locked and you have barely any buttons uh, accessible, then you should do a touch screen. Don't mm -hmm. tease us. I no? think so. Although uh, I have, <laughs> I did get some time with it at um, E3, and my main fear was having the buttons in the slide out would make them really depressed into the material and it would make it a real, you know, bitch to push the buttons, but it actually plays really well. I can yeah. just see it being a bit annoying. Well, it's it's concave where the buttons are, right? Yes. Oh, yes. I thought it would just be you know, too concave where, you know, you had to have really small fingers to actually push the well, buttons. Well, I'm, but... I'm talking about the actual surface on the, uh, you know, around the buttons. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's actually very... Um, very comfortable it it's so, not it, no, it looks but, sharp but it doesn't actually you know cut into your hands or anything it actually feels pretty um intuitive after a while you get used yeah, to it really quickly I, I don't know if i'm using the right word but uh, i mean the area around the buttons there's a round area that's lowered so the buttons yes can yes they are and, and they are leveled right. yeah they are and the leveled with the rest of okay, the yes. surface but it's yeah. not so much that you think it would actually you know make it harder to push the buttons Although the okay. second analog nub, they had space for it. I don't know why they didn't put it in. Probably and they, because and they teased us with the uh, with the depression. You know where the start and select <laughs> button is. Why, why is the I start actually... and select button there? It could have been placed above. It's just. Did you guys actually see the um, the promo? Um, the rumored pictures of the yeah, PSP that's, go. Yeah, that's so they much. They look better. better. They look better because it was a touch screen. It was a wider um, wider square screen. It had two analog nubs. I mean, I wanted that. It looked like yeah. a slide-down iPhone. Very much it, so. It, yeah. And Give or take. Uh, I, I don't guess at this point, need a touch screen, but yeah. But at, at this point, I'm just, I'm, I just don't understand why I would want that as a device. And the the pricing uh, argument for the iPod Touch isn't isn't relevant, I think, because really, it's a PSP 3000 with less features with a higher price. With a different and more design. than that, it's the same. You're pushing, putting up on the same price platform as a Nintendo Wii, and that's a really stupid move. Above yeah, a 360, customer. you can you can snag an arcade which has two like actual retail games, whether you like them or not, and that's a damn that's a 360. Mm. And actually, yeah. uh, industry analysts think that the Wii is gonna be uh, 200 by the end of the year. Mm -hmm. Maybe I don't know. Um, I don't think in so. Japan, perhaps, but not in America. Yeah, I can see Japan actually. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, what what use would Nintendo have for a region locked price drop? That that wouldn't be any, you know, that wouldn't have much relevance. I mean, you can't have a price drop in one area and move it to another when you're the Wii. So if they're gonna price drop, it's gonna be either universal yeah. or at least time. I guess people will just import it some. Yeah. So um, yeah. price. I don't think they. <clears throat> I don't think we're gonna see a Wii price cut. I think we're gonna have to see a PS3 price cut. I don't see any reason for Nintendo to cut the price. Yeah. They had a, they had a slump in sales, but they're coming right back, mm. especially I with their, right. their software. I actually think yeah. uh, Michael Pachter hit hit the nail on the head when saying um, when saying that they would bundle it with a huge uh, game, a huge more core or core slash casual game. The Wii. It'd be nice to see. It might no, the PS3. Nice to see what, like, like oh PS3. Yeah. Uh, oh, Michael Pachter was... actually. Um, I, his I, uh, his prediction was bundling it with a Madden 10. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. That was actually pretty pretty. That was actually a pretty smart move. Yeah. Um, if they bundle it with that and possibly they usually include a download voucher for another game, 
I think that would actually be pretty smart. That would bring a lot of people in, especially if you get a lesser skew, probably a, um, you know less of a hard drive, and debut it at three hundred instead of four. They should um, that'll, that'll sell a lot. They should definitely do a Madden and then do a download the code for Pain or something. Yeah, Pain's the usual thing, or yeah. just yeah. a plain play, uh, PlayStation Network voucher, just like a yeah. basic yeah. value of twenty bucks. You can get a lot for that. Um, okay, let's move on. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sorry. We're, we're uh, we, we actually have a little surprise this uh, this week. Uh, we have an interview with a very special uh, stuttering Craig from ScrewTag.com, and he's come here to um, to um, discuss the the ScrewTag convention. Uh, and so we'll clip to that right now. Here with you always is Kip and Randy. This week's episode is very special because we have Stuttering Craig from ScrewAttack.com with us. He is here to discuss the first annual ScrewAttack gaming convention being held July 3rd through the 5th in Dallas, Texas. So go ahead and say hi, Craig. What's going on, guys? How's it going? <laughs> not so, too bad. Not too bad, man. All right. So, you know, we're just going to ask him some general questions about the, uh, you know, about the convention. He's going to fill everybody in. So here we go. So sure, let's do it. Yeah, we're going to ask right. as quickly as you can, and you will be judged entirely on your response time as well. So keep that yeah. in mind. That sounds yeah. good. I'm down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, first of all, you know, where did the idea for the conference come from? Well, let me tell you a little story about uh, about a previous event we did. We did called uh, the Iron Man of Gaming, which we've done for the last couple of years. And a uh, great time had by all. Big, huge tournaments. Uh, based around all consoles, all genres, and all eras, you know, playing games from uh, today and games from yesterday. And uh, we looked at the event we've done the last couple of years, and we were like, you know what, this isn't quite what we were looking to do, and, and uh, I don't think it's going to be quite the community event that we want it to be. So uh, we went around, and we looked, uh, we went to several events, and we're like, you know, this is, this is kind of what we're looking for here. Uh, we want it to be more of a uh, convention, pretty much an excuse for people to get together and, you know, uh, have a great time. And uh, while... Well, uh, the Iron Man of Gaming was was really cool from a, a competitive side, and you know that's why it's still a part of SCC. We wanted something more casual, something that people could get together and just, you know, ScrewAttack's community is so great. We wanted to give people an excuse to come in and and uh, you know all the G ones to get together and uh, you know people up in video games if I can use a cliche, but um, <laughs> you know it's just great time, great time overall. So that's where SGC came from, and we've we've been to a lot of a lot of fun events. Uh, so we kind of we kind of picked and choose what we liked about certain events, and while throwing on our own little twist, um, and you know it's uh, that that's kind of where it came from. Just just from you know doing going to events for the past three years, we're like you know uh, we can do this too, and we can do it a little bit better or, or a little more unique how we wanted to do it. So awesome, awesome. What now planning something like this huge is is not going to be easy. What kind of uh, kind of road bumps did you uh, did you run into? <laughs> well, you know it, obviously. When you start when you start planning an event right off the bat, uh, you know, like I said, we've been doing we've been doing events, smaller events for the you know for a couple of years now, and uh, the planning SEC has been a whole other beast. Uh, it's definitely been um, a full time job for a lot of people, um, and really kind of getting things going. So in terms of the actual snags, I think the biggest snag is is really just having enough time in the day. I mean, really, and I honestly, I honestly mean that. Like, we haven't hit anything where we're like, well, you know, that sucks. I mean, it's been more like, man, I really wish I had, you know, 25, 26 hours in the day as opposed to 24 because uh, it's, you know, it, we've we've had the countdown going on. We've known 200 days out, 150 days out, 100 days, you know, 50 days, you know, and now we're 
you know, less than two weeks out, and, and all of a sudden, um, it's just amazing how how quickly this stuff pops up. And I, I think that's by far the biggest snack. People really underestimate uh, how much work goes into it, goes into something like this, just for uh, just for a three-day stretch. You know. Yeah, yeah. There's there's even days. I mean, ScrewTech, it's not – I mean, you guys are not as huge as obviously like IGN or something like that. So it's not like you're, you're having this, this massive, uh, you know, bankroll, you know, to, to fund just more and more helpers. So I'm, I'm oh, sure you guys are all wearing many hats while going into this. No, absolutely. And that's, uh, you know, we are 100% independent. ScrewTech, that's what we do. You know, uh, we, we're a bunch of people who are passionate about games and we have a phenomenal community. Uh, you know, so, so when we're putting together an event like this, you know, um, you know, Corey, myself, Dustin, Chad, we've all, we've all had to wear a lot, a lot of different hats <laughs> in, in addition to, you know, everything that's going on on our day to day, day to day lives as well. I mean, you know, uh, screw that gets our lives, but at the same time, we do have things going on outside of life too. And it's, it's sometimes it's really hard to juggle. I mean, uh, this, this, the past few months have been realistically the, the busiest of my life. And, uh, uh, and that's saying a lot cause I thought I was busy before, but that's, <laughs> but it's, uh, it, it's, it's been absolutely crazy for sure. <laughs> you didn't, you didn't wake up to like the dog, like banging his dog dish on the floor, like wanting to be fed or anything. Right. Well, it's funny cause I had a dog actually, and uh, I couldn't handle having a dog. So we gave it to my mom. Oh, oh geez. <laughs> Way to go, Randy. Yeah. yeah. Nice job, Randy. <laughs> my heart out. No, no, I'm just playing. Um, no, you know, it was <laughs> Spike was a good dog. He's trying to, he's, he has a better home now. So <laughs> <laughs> cool. I, I couldn't handle a dog on top of planning an event and websites and stores and stuff. So, <laughs> oh, you mean, I mean, you made it, you made the right choice, right? Just, you know, throw yeah. them out. <laughs> well, he's got a better home. He's got other puppies to play with now, you know, not, not just, not just, uh, you know, in an apartment by himself throughout the day. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. So, uh, you know, through this through this process of planning this event, did you get a newfound respect for the people who plan E3? No, E3, here's the thing. E3 is a totally separate beast. It's totally different uh, than than SGC, whereas, whereas, whereas uh, E3 is uh, an industry event where you have people, you know, going out in their suits and ties, uh, you know, showing off their games and such and wearing polos. SGC is entirely about community. It's about getting together, Playing some games with your friends, uh, you know, competing in the Iron Man, you know, talk, watching Nolan Bushnell give it, deliver his speech, watching the fireworks with uh, Jack Thompson and Mark Nathanaitis as they go, you know, it, it, it's a totally different thing. You know, it, it's all it's all about getting together and having fun. Whereas E3 is is all about showing off your games to a bunch of journalists who are you know who are you know skeptic as it is, you know. And so uh, <laughs> it, it's I, I would say you know. Um, do I have a new sound respect for them? Sure. Do they have a way bigger payroll than we do? Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I, I, I think that kind of goes on to, uh, you know, the, the wearer of many hats, that type of thing. So, uh, you know, they, but with that being said, E3 does a phenomenal job of what they do, but they're totally, uh, totally separate events for sure. It's different goals, I suppose. <laughs> what kind of stuff are you going to, he's going to be doing there now? Now, Nolan Bushnell is actually going to be, you know, doing your, he's going to be doing your keynote speech, but, uh, uh-huh. do you guys have anything that's going to be going on there? with a, a particular screw attack kind of flair? No, absolutely. Uh, there's going to be a lot of things that are going on. Uh, you know, we'll have, like you said, Nolan Bushnell uh, delivering the keynote speech on Friday. Uh, we'll also have uh, Jack Thompson uh, facing off against the uh, legal editor of Joystick.com, Mark Nathanitis. In wow. His, uh, in a debate uh, regarding um, uh, the role of 
the government and video games, which uh, is, I, as far as I know, this is the first time, first community event that uh, that Jack's been out to, uh, and it, you know he's totally walking into the uh, the fire pit for sure when it comes to the stuff. But you got to have some respect for him for that. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, some people have really kind of freaked out. And they're like, why are you guys giving them a platform? No, we're just giving you the opportunity to see them. You know, that's, I guess that's the big thing, you know, and to see, see something like this. I, I don't want to see it, so we figured we'd do it. Um, in, in addition to those two things, uh, we'll have panels from all the Screw Attack features. Uh, the Angry Video Game Nerd will be there. He'll be uh, doing a panel talking about his stuff. We, our, our, our latest feature, uh, Keith Apicary and Talking Classics will be there. Uh, uh, Life in a Game, uh, which is, has been a series on the site for over a year now, uh, we're actually going to showcase their uh, season finale at SGC for the first time, uh, which will be really cool. We're, we're premiering a new series called Metal Gear Ben, uh, and in addition, uh, in addition to everyone's panels and such, uh, we'll be doing the Iron Man of Gaming. Uh, which is, like, like I mentioned, it's this great competition where we're giving away uh, all sorts of fun prizes, uh, really unique in the competitive gaming scene. Uh, and at my panel in particular, we're actually going to be showing off uh, the next iteration of Screw Attack for the first time. We're going to be showing off uh, Screw Attack version 4. We're on version 3 right now. Version 4 is on the way coming up later this summer. And uh, I'll be showing that off for the first time as well as the people who, uh, who attend my panel. They'll be the only people invited into the private beta. Of, uh, of the Screw Attack version 4.0, so it's wow. really cool. It's a, wow. it's a huge step forward for uh, for Screw Attack, and, and I'm I, like me personally, I'm really excited to show this off. Uh, and we're going to be doing that on Friday, so uh, we can kind of build a little bit of buzz about uh, about it about uh, Screw Attack version 4 coming up real shortly. <laughs> I cannot wait to show that off. Very sweet, very sweet. I can see you like sitting on like a high throne with Screw Attack version 4.0 sitting next to you. <laughs> the, the, the only throne I'll be sitting on, my friend, is not the type of throne you're thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> um, the only throne will be the potty, I <laughs> The um, two events that really struck me uh, as interesting is the first, the cartridge blowing event. Yeah. Yeah, this is, uh, this is something really fun we're doing. Um, we got a bunch of like little fun things like this. Uh, the way the, we did this last year at, at, Iron, at the Iron Man of Gaming, and this year we're, we're kind of ramping it up a little different. Um, everybody, everybody played, uh, you know, the NES, and they all had their their cartridges that they just couldn't get to work, or they had to, they had to blow in their cartridge. They had to get out your cartridge, you know, clean it with Q-tips, blow in the cartridge, whatever you had to do to get it work. Everybody had a different method. You know, and mm -hmm. so what we're going to do with this is uh, we're going to turn it into a competition uh, where where um, our competitors will have the opportunity to they'll have to clean a certain number amount of uh, dirty cartridges that, that will have gone through and totally dirtied up, whether it's dust, <laughs> whether it's thrown them in water. Awesome. Whether, whether Ooh, water. <laughs> so so like so you'll, you'll some of them will work. Some of them won't work. You know, but it'll be their job to, and they're going to be grabbing out of a mystery box. So they'll just be grabbing random cartridges. <laughs> uh, so, and it'll be like the first person to grab uh, to get five working. So that's going to be like a fun little competition that we'll be doing. Uh, actually, one that we haven't even put on the schedule yet. Uh, one of our interns uh, this summer is uh, is really good at ping pong, and he's taken on all challenges at ping pong, which. You know, it's a game, so we figured we'd do it. But he said yeah. if he loses to anybody at ping pong, he'll shave a screw attack bolt in his uh, in his head. Which is <laughs> wow, that's like, like that's cool. So, uh, <laughs> so we'll do that. you know, so we have we have all, all these fun little things that'll be happening throughout the weekend that uh, that I'm really really excited about. That that are really gonna put the put a really unique twist on things. You know, because games are about fun, and so is screw attack. You know, so that's that's pretty cool. Why why did you guys pick? Uh, now you guys are gonna be in in uh, in Dallas, right? 
Yep, yep, Dallas, July 4th weekend, yep. Is that just because of location, or, or was there something that, like, the Dallas Convention Center was offering you guys more over than, like, say, Orlando or something like that? Well, we, uh, Screw Attack, the HQ for Screw Attack is actually in Dallas. So uh, where we're holding the event is actually about 15 minutes away from where we office. Ah. Uh, the, the event, where we're holding it is actually the DFW West End, uh, which is a, uh, it's a hotel slash convention center. Uh, we've got about 25,000 square feet of space um, for, for SGC. Uh, which is a lot of space to fill, but we have a whole lot of stuff going on. Uh, you know, I, I think I think given what we're expecting, I think it's going to be a phenomenal event for uh, for this year for sure. Awesome. Are there any um, disadvantages to having to hold it in Dallas? No, not at all. No. <laughs> I, Perfect. <laughs> Moving on. I, pers- no, no, no. Personally, I think you know when you think of a gaming event, you got to go to Seattle, you got to go to L.A., you got to go to New York. But down here in the southern United States, there's nothing for gamers. There's there's a lot of anime events. There's 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 comic book events, but there's nothing specifically for gamers. So we really wanted to make an awesome community event that was for you know that that gave people a choice as opposed to going you know people living in Florida going literally all the way across the country, you know coming out and experiencing you know only going halfway across the country, you know <laughs> people in Houston instead of going you know instead of going to L.A. they can they can literally drive three hours up the road and go to a great event. You know, that, that they'll get essentially the exact same stuff just without all the mess, you know. So, um, you know, so we want, really wanted just to give people an option, you know. And, and uh, we figured Dallas was a great, you know, in addition to obviously being where we're at, we figured that would be a great place to, uh, you know, start giving people an option. So. Yeah, that's cool. No, we, we're kind of plagued with the same thing. You know, our quote-unquote <laughs> headquarters is, is in the D.C. area. So, I mean, there's cool. there's no kind of fun events out here except for, you know, uh, congressional stuff, and, and that's boring. And, well, yeah, nine have, months you guys, of the year. Go ahead. Sorry, Craig. Oh, I was going to say, you guys do have MacFest up there. MacFest is pretty rad. We've been up there a couple of times. Music and Gaming Festival? Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the D.C. area, yeah. But uh, you know, for the most part, like I don't know, for the for the really really big ones, for for SG sized yeah, ones yeah. or bigger, we've got, we've got to go kind of far away. Um, yeah, for sure. And I think Richmond's got a couple of smaller things too. But yeah, for the most part, that's just what we're yeah. facing. Well, um, for for well, those of us that are recording from, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. Keep going. I'm sorry. I was gonna say for those of us who are recording from North Dakota. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, we have we have a fun gaming event. It's called Till Up the Sandbag to Stop the Flood. <laughs> oh man, sorry about that. <laughs> so I, I can't imagine. That there's, a whole, there's probably not a whole lot of gaming going on up in North Dakota. I can imagine. Uh, no, no, there's not a lot of electricity going on in North Dakota. <laughs> I was gonna say, you've, yeah, you're probably having a hard time with that. No, and the thing, the thing I think a lot of people need to realize is that SGC this this year. I mean, if you're expecting to come to SGC and go to PAX. You're not you're not you're not going to get that because you know SCC with it being a first time event it is you know it is a smaller event uh, you know we're expecting you know about fifteen hundred two thousand people which for a first time event is a phenomenal turnout especially yeah. over July Fourth weekend um, you know we got we got a great number of uh, pre registered attendees right now so you know the, the one thing we really wanted to do was was really give an intimate really fun quirky thing where where you know you. You know the venue we're at. It's, it's really going to cater well to, to kind of what we're doing. So that's that's by far the you know it, it's going to be really nice. I think people are going to really enjoy it. And really feel like they're part of the family, which which they are when they come to ScrewTech event. No, that sounds really great. Um, are you guys going to have any uh, any game companies out there that are going to be you know demoing any any stuff that's not out on the streets yet or? 
You know, we've talked to uh, several, and, and a lot of them really, really interested, uh, you know, in, in, in being a part of SEC. The one roadblock we've – I guess you're talking about roadblocks. I guess the big – the one roadblock we've run into is uh, a lot of them aren't staffed over July 4th weekend. And oh, yeah. Out there and, and experience it. Like, we're talking with Terminal Reality. They want to they be out at SEC, but they're not staffed over July 4th weekend. We were talking to South Peak Games about showing off their new FPS uh, Section 8. Unfortunately, they're not staffed that weekend. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of great companies locally who are showing – off, um, you know, they want to show off some great games at SGC, uh, but with it being July 4th weekend, you know, um, you know, it's, it's been a hard time. They, they've really kind of had a hard time staffing. Uh, so, you know, uh, for our first time event, we're not, we, we went into this not expecting uh, any developers to come, and if they came, it would be like, yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, but the big thing is we really just want to focus on, on delivering a great time and, and giving people an awesome 72 hours. Yeah, sounds like it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in addition, you, you mentioned some people earlier, Angry Video Game Nerd, obviously the Screw Attack staff. Um, is there going to be anybody else there, Destructoid, uh, any other site, you know, affiliates? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Destructoid will definitely be there. Uh, Destructoid will be there. We're going to have, the, uh, of course, all our features, like I mentioned, uh, Parental Floss is a pretty popular feature uh, on Screw Attack. Uh, we talked with some, with some other sites uh, that are going to be coming out. Uh, I know uh, a couple guys from AOL Game Daily will be coming out as well. Cool. Uh, s- some uh, some smaller – let's see. I, I don't have our media, media list in front of me. I know we have uh, – I think we have over like 100 media personalities coming out to, to check it out. Uh, so I, I don't have the list of exactly who's going to be there in, in terms of attending and such, but I, I know we're expecting a pretty pretty nice little uh, little chunk of media coming out to attend. So we'll, we'll definitely have a have a nice little uh, you know, especially with Jack Thompson and uh, and Nolan Bushnell there. You know, we're, we're expecting a nice little turnout for that. No, and most and most importantly, elder-geek.com will be there. Show. <laughs> We've got to throw that dash out there because the, yeah. the regular Elder Geek, he, you know, he debugs Windows XP. <laughs> we don't do that. <laughs> Although I'm sure somebody on staff might be able to. Hey, you know what? what? I'm, down, I'm down with the Elder Dash Geek. <laughs> show. Thanks, Good man. Show. Good show. <laughs> Um, let's see. I, I don't know, Kip. I'm I'm about done with uh, with general questions. I'm I'm about to uh, you know uh, throw Craig onto the onto the frying pan. What about you? Do you do you have any more that you want to throw at him? Um, well, we got we got a couple of final wrap up questions. But okay. We'll, you know, we'll just save those for the very end. Uh, so we had a couple we had a couple of uh, you know more fun questions we wanted to ask you. Uh, first one, favorite '80s cartoon? Thundercats. Oh. <laughs> uh, you know, Star. Thundercats. <laughs> I love me some Thundercats. I love me some. I, well, I guess this is more early '90s. I love the Gummy Bears. I love the Ducktales. I love anything in the Disney afternoon. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Transformers obviously is phenomenal. Uh, Voltron, so great. Uh, you know, <laughs> the, 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 he, he Man was kind of a fruit, but you know, whatever. <laughs> you know, you know. It, it, I'm just saying. You know. Um, <laughs> Yeah, there, there, there was a lot of greatness in in, in the eighties, you know. So we uh, we actually we actually said I think it was like last podcast. Pretty much, if you even mention the Ducktales theme, it'll be stuck in your head for the rest of the weekend. That's right, for sure, for sure. Uh, you want to sing it? No, <laughs> no. I, or, you know what? I probably. I'm sorry. Go, <laughs> no, I, I, I ruined it. Go ahead. No, no, no. That's okay. I'm done. All right. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> That's enough. Yeah. All right, yeah. Life is like a okay. Anyways, I'm sorry. You know, as soon as, soon as you've got is this life life. like a hurricane in Duckburg. 
I mean, after you Katrina, know, you really. Like, oh, 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 oh. Sorry, guys. No, it's, no it's way to bring it back down. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know, and the thing is, you really won't ever know what it's like to live in a hurricane until you actually live in Duckburg. You know, that's, that's true. The thing. You know, I mean, we people have experienced it, but not until you actually, you know, lived in Denver, <laughs> do you experience it. So anyway. they haven't they experienced it physically, but not emotionally. <laughs> Bingo. Yeah. Hey, who who is the guy on on on? This is totally off topic. Um, but who was the guy on the show? He like turned into Robo Duck, and he but whenever he said blathering blatherskites, was that that or was that Duck to, or was that uh, Darkwing Duck? Uh, no, that was that was indeed DuckTales, uh, because if you remember in the NES game, he actually came and helped you out. That's right. He did. Oh. That's right. I What's can't remember his on? name. Knowledge right there. Hello. <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. Um, let's see. What was the next question that we had listed? Oh, yeah, right. Kip. Uh, or not Kip. <laughs> Craig. Um, we, we have started this scientific study of uh, all geeks everywhere. And, and we by no means, if we call you a geek, mean that in any type of derogatory way. But kidding? I, I embrace that. Awesome. Good. Wonderful. Now, here, here's a scientific study that we're conducting. And so far, 100% of geeks that have been asked this question have all confessed that, yes, they have this item. Do you, in your closet at home or perhaps stashed in a drawer somewhere, have a box just full of random cords old usb cords like ac adapters that you don't know what they adapt to anymore do you have a cord box i, I can actually one up you and say that i have several boxes of just random cords <laughs> it's, it's like yeah random ac adapters from from old you know consoles and you know just various stuff yeah and for sure for sure i i can absolutely 100 percent. yes now it's only a fish that's got an n64 controller with a limp joystick What's that one more time? It's only official if it has a Nintendo 64 controller with the limp joystick. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to leave the limp thing alone. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, moving on. <laughs> Sorry about that. I dragged that out down. We were going to make a penis joke, everybody. Just uh... Penis. Yeah, penis, exactly. <laughs> so, um, okay, uh, recently on our site, we have a new feature about um, what Pokemon you think you could take in a fight, Craig. So oh. the, the question we ask you now is, what Pokemon do you think you could take in a fight? All right, well, I'll tell you what. Um, my, okay, now, admittedly, I am not a huge Pokemon guy. I, I, I'm not. I, I'll, I'll, I'll throw that out there right now. Jose is definitely the guy you want to talk to when it comes to Pokemon. <laughs> but but I'll tell you what. Uh, I know that um, Bulbazar is a favorite. Actually, I see him on your site right now, which is... Uh, yep. which is <laughs> That's the first one. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you know, I would like to think that uh, I wouldn't go for any other Pokemon. i just go straight after the Master, you know? Wow. I would kick that little, kick that little redhead. That, you know, he's got the little red hat. I would kick his ass, <laughs> you know, red and white hat. I would, I would beat his ass, and then I wouldn't have to worry about any Pokemon. You go straight to the source, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah that's, you know. Kip, he's yeah. smart. He yeah, outsmarted it. He outsmarted our question. <laughs> what do we do? <laughs> <laughs> I think that means the podcast's over now. It's over. <laughs> no. But, okay, um, 
moving on, we want to go with, let's just ask, let's just jump right to the final question here. What, uh, what's up, you know, we, we mentioned the screw attack kind of 4.0 thing, but what, what's the next big project for screw attack coming up? Oh my gosh. It doesn't end as soon as, uh, <laughs> as soon as SGC is over, uh, we will obviously start looking at SGC 2010, uh, but that's still a good year away. Uh, but the next, the next big thing, for Screw Attack, we have two big things on our horizon. Obviously, Screw Attack version 4.0, uh, which which I really think is going to be just just it's going to be the gaming community. We're going to have so much technology on there and so many things to do that you know we're going to be combining things from uh, things you see on Facebook and things you you know on uh, you know we're going to be uploading videos and uploading pictures and all sorts all sorts of crazy stuff feature and all sorts of going to be the gaming community i'm crazy excited about it but we also i don't know if you guys know this we actually uh just bought a video game store uh really i did yeah we 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 actually we kind of lucked into it which is pretty funny so we i I guess the better way to say we just took over a video game store so uh we uh we're taking over this video game store and uh at our store the, the best thing about it is you know um you know, there's game stops out there, and there's play and trade games, and there's all you know, there's all these game stores, but they're all so corporate. And the best thing about doing uh, a game store when you have a great community like we do is we have no rules. We can do whatever we want. So Absolutely. we're going to be doing we're going to be doing uh, live shows. We're going to be doing our weekly uh, weekly live show. We can do we do call on Tuesday. It's called Out of the Box. We're going to be doing it at the game store. Uh, we're going to be uh, doing game shows at the game store, which will be really cool. All sorts of fun, fun, really unique things that uh, that. No game store has ever done, you know. That's that's the one thing we really want to do. So, uh, you know, th- those are the two next big projects for Screw Attack. Uh, obviously, the next, you know, the unveiling of uh, of the next site and uh, the unveiling of the kickassery that is the video game store, which we have named, but we haven't. Uh, you have not released it. We have not officially released it yet. Is no. this also located in Dallas? This is actually also located in Dallas. Yes, uh, it'll, it's actually located. If anyone isn't, it's. it's uh, uh, any elder-geek.com <laughs> visitors uh, are, are in the Dallas area. Yeah, you, you can. Uh, it's actually uh, called the Game Exchange right now. That's what it's called, but that's not what it will be called. Uh, it's mm. actually in Highland Village, Texas, uh, which you know is. Look at a map. It's a, it's a fairly small town, but it's a nice little town. So uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be really cool. So. Okay, I have one more question. Shoot, is is the store gonna be called Super Awesome Video Game Store owned by Su- uh, Stutter and Craig? No, Subtitle: Screw Attacks Video Game Store. No, no, and, and, and uh, you know it was, it was something we actually threw out there, but it didn't fit on the signage, so we couldn't. I know, <laughs> but uh, you know the thing is, and a lot of people—that's that's like a mis- misconception—is that you know I feel like Sutter and Craig go in the store. No, 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 no. It's not our store. It's it's everybody's store, and that's the coolest thing about this. You know, yeah, we have there's a there's a uh, name on the deed but that's the, that's the beautiful thing about screw attack is that the community owns it and they you know we're going to be cutting crazy deals for community members and stuff so uh but you know that was that was a thought but we decided to go with something a little bit shorter that that uh that <laughs> is kind of a little more screw attacking so all right i understand i understand we but if i see how... <laughs> i was gonna say if i oh, go ahead go ahead i was, I was gonna say we were gonna throw in hyper fighting at the end of that title actually <laughs> <laughs> Turbo. Exactly. <laughs> Championship edition. Bingo. But, uh, you know, so as long as you guys don't try to sell me a guidebook after I buy the game, I'm perfectly okay with it. I'll shop there. So. No, I, I, I can tell you this. Uh, guidebooks, guidebooks will not be $10, $15, you know, like, like they are at GameStop. Like a, but I, I, don't, I, I honestly don't even think we have guidebooks in the store. I, I, 
let's be honest. If you're like a real gamer, like, do you need a guidebook? Yeah, and exactly. And, and even if you aren't a real gamer, I mean, most people, you know, go right to the internet instead of, you know, trying to find a book. I, I'm still amazed. At, uh, was it Brady Games? I think that's who makes them all. I'm still yeah. amazed how like how well those things sell. I mean, you have the master, the mastery of the internet right in front of you. That you just Google, you know, and you got it, you know, it, 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 you know, and it's, it's just amazing to me. But you what, know, you know, what you got to remember is that one, like one third of video games are sold to moms, you know, That's true. and sometimes all it takes is the, hey, you're, this is a hard game. You should get this book with it for your kid. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Hot moms. Yeah. <laughs> Hot moms buying video games. Yeah, yeah. yo. <laughs> well, uh, I I think that's all I've got. Kip, do you got anything else you want to ask, Craig? Oh, I think you know. I think that's pretty much it. We, uh, just once again, guys, it's a Screw Attack Gaming Convention SGC. It's going to be July third through the fifth, which is next week. Or the reg- excuse me, registration ends next week for to to go to the Monday. site. Monday. Monday. Sorry. June twenty second. Yes. I'm not even going to try to bastardize this. You go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. Sorry, 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 sorry. sorry. Yes, uh, Monday, Monday uh, June 22nd is when pre-registration ends. You can still register at the door. Uh, it's just going to be uh, $10 more. Uh, it's $40 for pre-register, $50 uh, for registering at the event. Uh, so I strongly encourage everybody to pre-register. Get your hotel book now. And if you want some more information, you can go to sgconvention.com for all the incredible details for an incredible weekend of fun and gaming. <laughs> Wow, we're totally going to use that for the commercial, man. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, appreciate that. All right, well, we just want to thank you again, Sutter and Craig. Oh, thank you, thank guys. Appreciate everything. Like and thank and good luck with everything over at elder-geek.com. <laughs> Thanks, man. Really we appreciate also it. Want to thank, we also want to thank screwattack.com for all you guys' hard work. We love your site. We go to your site quite a bit. A lot of our readers go to your site as well. And so, you know, thank you for all your hard work over the years. And I tell you, it's, it's nothing about you guys. I swear, I swear, I'll say it every single day. We, we are nothing without the community, and, and we strongly believe that. So thank you guys for uh, coming to the site and being a part of uh, what we do on a day-to-day basis. You guys are definitely a big part of our family. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for, uh, you know, uh, you know, school and Kip on, on which uh, Pokemon he should go after. The main one. <laughs> go for right. the heart. That's right. Go for the heart, and you, and you got yourself a good All right. But, all right. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks a lot. Take it easy. All right. Bye-bye. Hi. And we're back. Um, that was a pretty good interview. Um, <clears throat> do you guys have anything yeah. to say about the, basically what um, what was uh, unwilled, I guess? Oh, uh, I can't wait to go. I mean, I'm really looking forward to it. And, I mean, I'm such a geek that I'm <clears throat> lugging down an Atari 2600 in my laptop bag to get it autographed by Nolan Bushnell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, solid. Awesome. Sweet. You're also lugging like, down a cartridge. Is... Oh yeah, I also paid a, I paid twelve dollars for a complete inbox copy of Superman sixty four to get that autographed by the angry video game nerd. Man, oh, that's wow. awesome. <laughs> that's kind of intense. Yeah, actually, uh, I was planning on going down there, but if I hadn't, if I didn't have a job, I had a little bit extra money to head down to SGC, but uh, I just had to have a job. So, you know, mm. it's pretty cool looking venue though. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I think it's really uh, interesting how they're um, how they're uh, setting it up to be an exclusively community event. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, yeah. they'll, they'll have companies there and everything, but it's it's really all about the community, and it's not really focused towards the press at all. Uh, I think that's kind of interesting. I mean, uh, PAX is kind of the same way, but mm. 
I feel like PAX has sort of sold themselves a little uh, the past few years. I mean, it's um, they have huge announcements suddenly coming out of PAX, and I, I don't think that's right, basically. Yeah, well, it doesn't seem I like think... it's like a press thing, but yeah, they've they've come Go. they've become too big to be strictly community anymore. Um, yeah, exactly. Need, yeah, they need to. But do you, Matt? Then do you think we're not going to be getting those? Um, Juicy announcements out of SGC. You think it's mostly just going to be a lot of fun, maybe gameplay if we're lucky? Oh, I, I guess we could get some announcements. I mean, if companies are there, they will probably want to use it in some way. But yeah, but I, I'm, hoping, like I'm hoping. Said. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. I'm hoping the announcement will at least be community based. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like Craig said. Uh, a lot of publishers did express an interest, but it's being held on July Fourth weekend. So uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, I actually, I really like the idea of of them owning a store and operating a store and and filming from the store and everything. Um, Yeah, I I was like, I was excited when he was talking about that too. I was like, dude, we can just like come in there and just like trade you a game. Like instead of like trading in something like, hey, I've got this copy of whatever and I want to trade that like physically to him. They're like, yeah, we'll cut deals. We'll do it for the community. Oh, that's really sweet. Yeah. Uh, they have a massive game library to them. I mean, yeah. they probably have full copies of it. I mean, just one of um, just Craig's library alone is has to be in the thousands by now. I just, yeah. I just hope yeah. it. I, I just hope it sort of converts to to uh, to an event place uh, more than more so than a store. I hope it converts into like I, I'm imagining if I lived in the area or in the states at all. That I would want to go there for a rock band party or um, contest yeah. to see who's best at Tekken or whatever. I, I hope it. I hope it becomes that sort of thing, and and I hope well, it becomes it, um, a really chill out gamers place. You know, where you can just sit down and talk to gamers and yeah, like yeah. That. I think I think the Iron Man of gaming is still part of it. I think that's yeah. going to be a major part of it. right, Elliot. Yeah, uh, that's. Uh... I mean, the rounds of Iron Man Gaming are a huge part of the conference, and uh, I'm still debating whether or not to take part. You're representing us, man. You got it. You got to <laughs> yeah, go in there. Man. Fighter, man. Yeah, Fight the the street Fighter. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you gonna? Are you taking advantage of that hotel deal, Elliot? Where you're staying at the yeah, hotel I'm sta- next? I'm staying at the uh, Dallas Fort Worth. Uh, Hotel. I'm staying at the same place that it's being held. Nice. Sweet. Yeah. Do you have anything more to add, Elliot? About the hotel? Nope. Uh, I mean, it looks nice, and it's an expensive <laughs> hotel, but the fact that I'm going to SGC makes it less expensive. <laughs> um, uh, I was going to say something really, really interesting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can All right. It's right. really, really right, interesting. Yeah, I, I'm a cool guy. I had something really, really hot to say. But yeah, so you know. fucking awesome. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna take your word for that, Matt. All right. <laughs> uh, so, so um, do you think they, they'll do, the, do it again next week? No, next year, and it'll be <laughs> as huge of a success. Well, I mean, I think it all depends on how well this thing goes. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, the Iron Man of gaming has been around for uh, long enough, and as long as there's an Iron Man of gaming, they might as well just have a full-blown gaming conference. And mm. uh, Do we have any official numbers of the attendees? Or uh, any uh, sort of said, gross? You said between 1,500 and 2,000? Or at least yeah, that was uh, like the, the pre... 
uh, registers. Okay. Yeah. So it's pretty sizable. I mean, that's, that's yeah. a lot of people. Mm. I can't even imagine. Yeah, you get a thousand more, and, he, and that was E3 the past two years before this year. Mm. Yeah. Only like Something like that, yeah. But, uh, so. I mean, I guess they could get a lot of walk-ins as well. Yeah. Just It's a big city, right? Dallas? Yeah, Dallas yeah. is a big city. Yeah. So, um, so I guess people living in that area probably don't think they have to pre-register. Um, yeah. Even though they'd save $10 do, doing so. Uh, but uh, let's move on. Um, <clears throat> we have quite a bit of news to discuss this time. Um, uh, first off, we have... Um, or, Gavin, why don't you actually take this? Because you All probably right, sure. know what it is. Yeah, the first I can topic. take it. Let's see. Going through the main news of the week here, we have um, Konami celebrating the one-year anniversary of Metal Gear Solid 4 with a lot of new content released daily. That was their main thing. It's every day this week there's been new content. Um, it started off with a uh, bikini mod where you can have various <laughs> characters from, uh, in Metal Gear Online in bikini and, and summer swimwear. I don't think that's particularly practical, but uh, certainly it's been enjoyed. Um, this is all for the um, scene expansion pack uh, that was released for the Metal Gear Online, the bundled on, uh, multiplayer component uh, so, for Metal Gear Solid so, 4. So you basically have to have that to get this stuff then? Um, mo for some of the content. Um, Tuesday was the announcement and the details on the greatest hits version of Metal Gear Solid 4. Um, trying to look up here. Uh, we had a bit more scene uh, content later in the week where your um, old Snake, the character, was available. You could play as him. You also had his Octo camo suit. For those of you that don't know, it's a, a suit that Old Snake wears that will automatically uh, camouflage him into the nearest surrounding environment. Like if he's in Sandy Desert Hill, his suit will morph into a Sandy Desert kind of look um, yeah. or ground or, or whatever. And that was actually really fun. Um, and they also announced a different reward system for it. I mean, it's a lot of uh, bits and pieces for the community, uh, but... It, it's it's nice to see a developer, you know, respecting its uh, IP to launch a lot of this community content. Nothing mm. particularly yeah, groundbreaking from anything else. I mean, like no details on Rising or Peace Walker, but it's yeah, but it's but it's, uh, it has a surprising following. Metal Gear Online. I mean, I've oh, checked the numbers, and it's it it has a steady stream of players that are just so hardcore at it that they alone keep it going. Mm -hmm. I I'm pretty sure it's at least over a million. Um, players. Mm. Which is... Elliot, are you typing? <laughs> Elliot is yeah. Elliot's on like a 1940s typewriter, so you'll have to excuse him. His yeah, yeah. Key, this like... just in the wire. Elliot, go down the cardboard. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Fine, right, I'll stop I typing. We... Uh, in other news, Activision is actually sort of well, not threatening, but they're they're expressing some concern about Sony. Uh, and, yeah, that's and actually recently came through the, that recently came through the wire. I mean, sure, it's a bit of you know aggravation on the developers' part. I'm I'm pretty sure this is grain of salt, but we haven't really had an opportunity for a major third party, especially the major, the biggest third party developer, to threaten to stop um, releasing IP on the platform. The PlayStation, um, his his reasoning is that the PlayStation has lost a bit of momentum. And there, uh, he's actually saying that a price cut is pretty necessary at this point to assure uh, future collaborations. Uh, and I'm speaking very, you know, colloquially here because it wasn't necessarily a confirmed announcement, mm. but there has been some mutterings from. It, it, it's basically an, 
an, an off-the-hand comment by the guy. Um, but it's um, a pretty serious threat coming from Activision. I mean, this isn't yeah. just you know, Activision PR yeah. guy. It's one of the heads. I think the guy needs to, to do some studying because I don't think he realizes how much his games sell on the PlayStation platforms. Uh, well, I mean, he also I, said that Xbox 360 and PS3, uh, PC versions sell better than the PS3, and I'm not well, I'm not certain on his, you know, he didn't, you know, throw down specific well, but, games. But, or, but or I mean, as long as it sells a million, you got to figure, figure it's worth publishing it to the platform, right? Right, right especially on multi-platform stuff. I mean, I, I yeah. can't imagine that the development for PS3, just the those bits and pieces, I mean, sure, the architecture is a little difficult, so we've heard, but like... I imagine the recouping cost, like yeah. at the very least. I mean, Call of Duty sold a couple of million on PS3, so what's the problem, you know? <laughs> he's yeah. He also cites um, the difficulty of developing for it, and more importantly, the cost for developing it. And I'm pretty sure I heard. Um, I know Sony caught, uh, cut the uh, development kit for the PSP. I'm pretty certain I heard PS3 as well, but I can understand all of his logic. I'm just questioning. He also said PSP. Which is odd because I can't really think of a lot of mm. major Activision labels that have made their way to the PSP. Mm. So I'm not uh, sure. Well, exactly it's, what it's, really. it's strange because on the other end you have EA, which are basically can't wait to get behind Sony. They they sort of a while ago they said you know if they really did believe in the ten year life cycle and they actually sold more on PlayStation platforms. It was their bigger biggest earner. So, I, so I guess they sell more Dead Space or whatever on PlayStation. I don't know. Uh, I, I I think we need to take this like Gabe Newell of Valve saying, you know, ranting yeah. about the PS3. Just a single guy, <laughs> pretty much not really speaking for, you know, official Activision policy. Yeah. But I'm I, I think we this needs to be notated and uh, <clears throat> known. I think Sony needs to take this to heart. Yeah. Because definitely. this guy still does carry the weight of his company. So the fact that he's saying. He's I'm basically sure he's basically the head of Activision, isn't he? Um, at least I believe at least a um, a development head. Yes. Um, yeah. Don't actually have a specific title for him, but it's pretty serious. Yeah. But again, it's just one guy who happens to have a major label well, behind him. Well, and <laughs> if <laughs> if they do decide to quit quit uh, publishing stuff on. Uh, PlayStation platforms, uh, will we care? Will we miss Guitar Hero that much, and won't we just play Call of Duty on PC? I mean, the casual and the core might care, but the hardcore, will we? I'd care about Call of Duty and uh, Tony Hawk. I'd care about missing DJ Hero, because that that was a lot of fun. But more than that, I don't have a good PC. <laughs> I have no. a four-year-old yeah. laptop that I use for Me tech, uh, you know, um, Word documenting during lectures. So okay, I don't really so, have an alternate so I guess, platform. So I guess what I'm saying is that me and Randy won't care then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think, that if, I think that if they were going to drop a platform, you know, because it's hard to, to uh, develop for, I think it would be the Wii. Because, That's my, you yeah. know, I've read some developers saying that they're dropping the Wii because it's, I mean, you know, porting something from the 360 to the PS3, it's not really that big of a leap. But, you know, scaling it down so it'll run on a Wii and then implementing the whole motion control thing, a lot of people are saying that it's a lot harder. And that's why so many major 
releases this year aren't making it to the Wii. I mean, uh, you know, Wolfenstein's not on the Wii because the CEO said that, you know, hardcore, you know, quote-unquote hardcore, uh, third-party games don't really sell that well on the Wii. Yeah, but but again, shouldn't we be happy about that? The Wii isn't a platform that's built for that kind of stuff. It's built for the more casual or the more light-hearted, um, yeah. or not necessarily light-hearted, I mean, but it's, it's built for an experience built for yeah. Wii. It has to be tailored yeah. to the Wii. But it's just curious like that. that it's curious that Activision would, or I'm not okay, not Activision. It's curious that this CEO, this head guy at Activision, would express concerns about the PS3 as opposed to the Wii, because I mean, oh, Call no, of Duty. I, I don't Wii. find it. I don't find it concerning at all. I mean, uh, look at his specific brand. The Guitar Hero franchise has sold better on the Wii than any other platform. Yeah, I mean, sure. Yeah. It, it, I was going to say that. I was like, Activision yeah. stuff does really, really well on Wii, actually. Mm. Mostly like, because they all does. they do a Wii and PlayStation Two release that kind of justifies the yeah. the different development cycles. But I can definitely right. understand that a lot of yeah. Uh, Daniel's coming from a really strong point here, where it's like there's not a lot of developers that want to do that yeah. two, that few development time between them. But if we can use this as a little platform to branch into another news story for this week. Actually, um, a hardcore game has actually sold well on the Wii. The Conduit, uh, high-voltage software's first-person futuristic conspiracy-laden shooter, has actually yeah. gone gold. And this, was, this is actually an old news story. This actually occurred before the release date. So this was all on pre-orders or um, on speculation, but it has actually gone gold. And I'm not sure it's... I'm, I know it's not music, so it doesn't have to sell 500,000 to go gold, but it definitely has to sell. So that's that's good news for it. I mean, that was one of my major questions um, at High Voltage this year at E3. It was like with Mad World specifically on the Wii and even Guitar, uh, even um, Grand Theft Auto, one of the biggest labels in gaming not selling well on Nintendo platforms. Were they worried? And they weren't worried right. at all. So they, they had it down. new IP? So hmm? that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. That's really promising to see it. I mean, like, the, it seems like they spend a lot of time like doing stuff and and making it look good for the platform. So I guess and it is a great I mean, game. It's not, it's not. Yeah, it's not a you know three month. Oh, this is for the air quote hardcore people. I mean, this was a solid game. It's one of the most intuitive controls I've ever I've ever had with the Wii Mote, and especially if you I, add Wii Motion Plus to that, if it's compatible, that's it's mm. absolutely brilliant. I so, do wish, uh, oh. however, that this would have been the sales of Mad World instead. I think that's a more a game that deserves it more. Because I, I mean, yes, the Conduit's a good game, and it's it's it it's built well for a Wii, but it it's a shooter on the Wii. Basically. Yeah, it's just yeah. another first-person shooter in a sea of first-person yeah, shooters. Yeah, it just happens to be well, one of the few on the Wii. You know? Yeah, so, well, I, yeah I was going to say it's not really I, in a sea. First-person shooters on the Wii. It's more in a small puddle of first-person shooters on Wii. <laughs> yeah, but that I, I mean, <laughs> the only qualifier though. is that it's on the Wii. I would yeah, actually I, prefer to have first-person shooters ported to the Wii because that's an actual control control scheme where you could see it working. Yeah, I mean, sure. sure. Uh, Xbox 360 controls are as close to PC controls, that, or at least PC level of comfort for uh, for shooters. But I really, prefer the DualShock Three. To an Actually, Xbox 360 gamepad. The layout, I mean, the layout of the 360 controller is much more in line to shooter controls. I mean, as yeah. a basic layout functionality, but still, we all, you know, all of us know that PC I, I is mean, the king. PC is, has always yeah. been the king. There's no way you can get down yeah. from PC. But Actually, there is a special controller for the PlayStation 3 called the Frag Effects. 
Oh, dude, that's so by... bad. No, the, I don't no, know. It's the, bad the, newer one, the newer one just came out. Yeah, we and, have it at the store, actually. It's, it's, I, I tried it. Yeah. It's, it's horrible. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was pretty, pretty cool. You did? Huh. <laughs> well, you have to do it with the right game, and you have to configure the sensitivity and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, then, yeah, configure the sensitivity. You have to work with the right game. The Wiimote kind of is the Wiimote. a necessary peripheral here. So, I mean, every system comes with at least one. So I think yeah. uh, out of the out of the box controllers, the Wii is the best outside of PC, and PC will yeah. always be can't beat it. But, but I, I, I mean, I like it's a lot of I fun. like that you get so a pointer I, I and a control stick. Anyone think? Anyone think that the the old um, light guns you could buy for um, for P, P, PS2 were more more accurate than the Wiimote? Because I kind of feel that way. I feel like with well, the old up guns, until, up until you know the conduit, yes, but. Um, the conduits really kind of improved that, uh, that basic control scheme. I mean, sure, definitely launch yep. titles with the Wii were on the con- terrible. On the conduit, do you have a crosshair? Uh, yes, I believe so. See, see the thing yeah. is, on, on the old uh, PS2 ones, you didn't need one. You just had sort of an indication of where the shot yeah. hit, and then you could adjust from there. And you could literally pull off really accurate shots just by eye. You didn't need yeah. it. And I thought, that was, I thought that was awesome. There was actually uh, there was actually a game re- uh, for the Wii where you could recalibrate where your like pointer was. Um, I don't remember. I can't remember what title it was, but they had you After do the that. Dead Overkill. It was guess, that it. I guess Overkill? you have to. I think so. I guess it was that or was it Dead Three? Huh. Either way around it, there are games. It's possible to recalibrate where the posi- where the remote thinks or where the game rather thinks the position or the yeah. pointer of the remote is. Right. And it's just that developers haven't included that option. But yeah, I do remember like, you know, when I first got it, I was like, oh, there's like this two inch gap between, you know, where my pointer was and where I like could eyeball where I was pointing. Yeah, and yeah. most of that's just from, like your TV having a big gap. Like the game interprets the sensor bars directly on top of the screen. So it's, yeah, I guess, I guess, I guess you had, you'd have to have a CRT TV to make it work the old fashioned way. Yeah, right, right. I think we're getting far too much into tech geek speak here. I'm going <laughs> to cut us off here in the, yeah. in the, uh, in the interest Good of moving on. Let's move on to a, uh, another one here. Um, big one for you know, people like Elliot, though. Um, recently in the biggest computer festival, which is in uh, Sweden, uh, DreamHack, uh, a couple of guys from play, uh, Press to Play TV got an interview with Blizzard Heads, and they hinted that they're trying for a 2009 StarCraft II release. That is what they're going for. That's what they want. Yeah! And if they can manage that, a holiday 2009 release, you're gonna find it's gonna be hard to outsell StarCraft II. Then, oh, oh yeah, definitely. Here, it's gonna be the biggest seller of the year, absolutely. The I mean, entire country, the entire country of Korea will buy it. Well, South Korea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, South Korea. But yeah, that's the good news. I'm like, I like to see developers going for the uh, for the newer, uh, you know, closer release date. I know mm. Blizzard at least will not. Release a game that's not finished. I mean, they they axed what yeah. was it that um, third party Ghost. Uh, Warcraft game, right? Yeah, the adventure game. Yeah, because it was bad. So uh, you know they're not going to release it if it doesn't meet standards. But well, they, yeah. they, they did ax their own game as well, Starcraft Ghost. Even though it did that's look true. kind of promising, I guess. Yeah. Um, I mean, I like how they do that because, I mean, in my experience, Blizzard has never released a bad game. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I can. Ex- well, I haven't enjoyed them, but that's because it's not my preference. So oh, it's, I've never. Yeah. I'm a huge Blizzard fan. I'm, yeah, I'm just. Too. I, yeah. I, I even think I even think WoW is 
excellent game. <laughs> I just except think, yeah, for I, Diablo, of course. I'm a huge Diablo fan, but when it yeah, comes to any other, about, the craft series, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I was oh, gonna say I poured about 400, 400 hours of Diablo in my <laughs> life. I was just like, I'm so ready for Diablo three. Yeah, <laughs> I bet I, I put more in. I think I put in like a thousand hours of Diablo two because. You know, freshman year at college, my roommates and I, we got like three characters apiece to the end of hell level. But nice. Well, okay, yeah. so so just to put you all down, my dick's bigger than all you guys' so <laughs> <laughs> That's how we get And you should know he comes by our houses and measures when we sleep. <laughs> yeah. He sneaks in from Norway on a giant sleigh guy. He's like Santa Claus. Oh my god, Matsu's Santa. It makes, all, it makes so much sense now. Clearly. The North Pole's in Norway. Okay. The North Pole's in his pants. Oh. <laughs> uh, okay, well, dude. we actually have a place called North Cap, so I guess that's sort of the same. <laughs> I think we can take that. I think that's good. Yeah. yeah. All right, so um, progressing a bit more. Only a few more news stories. Um, I'll save the big one for last, but um, one that's close to my heart, actually is Godfather franchise from EA, Sleeps with the Fishes, it's done. It, they made it an offer it couldn't refuse, and it is dead. Uh, yep. Uh, and I don't know if that means, you know, some other company could buy the license. I'm not sure exactly how EA is handling the license, but they said no more. Godfather 2 did, obviously <laughs> didn't sell as well as they had hoped, which is a shame yeah. because I actually really enjoyed the game. I reviewed it for the site, and I thought mm. it was definitely worth buying yeah. and worth renting. It was a great game. Uh, the the Dawn's view added a nice strategic element to it, and I thought it was really good. And uh, yeah, it's not you know it's not the Godfather, it's not that quality, but you're not going to get that quality. Just you to can't. put things into perspective, you all you guys all know that I work at um, a certain game store, um, yes. and if we don't take pre-orders on a game, then we get one copy of the game, uh, game on release date. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. same with us. Yeah. God, we got, can't be, we got 15 copies of the Godfather 2 on day one. We had two pre-orders. Oh. We sold three other copies. The rest are standing in the shelves just wasting to this space. Day. Yeah. It's so, a shame. I really think they could have you know, pushed out a better advertising campaign for it. I mean, mm -hmm. I, the, re I mean, the only reason I actually got it was because I had seen it before and I had that anticipation. I couldn't see anyone coming from you know just a neutral position finding that game and actually thinking it's a good idea yeah i just I, think I, I, that I, I, the fact that it was based on the godfather could have hurt it because you know as a movie fan uh you know as a film buff i steered clear of it because i thought there's no way that they could make a good game out of the godfather well i mean that's the idea i mean I, that was one of my major points of the uh, of the review it's like they didn't yeah. try I mean, it was basically a mafia game with Godfather characters, and I thought that was a yeah. really good yeah. way to go. It was. It yeah, wasn't. It, it didn't. Like, it seems like. It seems like the game like sells itself. I mean, the Godfather is a huge name. Like, but seriously, like Elliot said, I, I really actually, think that's like, neat. If yeah, but it's um, almost too huge. Game, yeah, it's not too huge. It's too good. I mean, some franchises, you know, you, you don't even have to be Elliot film, uh, Elliot or me level of film buff to think, oh my God, they're gonna really mess it up. Especially yeah. considering yeah. the but, instinctual but, reaction to anything on a movie license is that it's going to be bad. But the idea was that they well, really didn't go with Godfather Part 2 because there wasn't even a Part 2 in the title. Or a part mm -hmm. in the title. And they really just, you know, hit, up, hit a few points like the Hyman Roth uh, 
cake scene in Cuba. Uh, right. A couple of scenes with Michael Corleone and Fredo. Um, they, they kept a bunch of those, but really it was a lot of do your own thing and just like keep, keep your own rockets and destroy a lot of rival families. And it was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, yeah, that's pretty much the same formula Grand Theft Auto has been using. Yeah, not really. Not really. The Dawn's view added a much more uh, strategic element. And really, you didn't have to be going all the all the way. I mean, I I conquered half of New York by just being, you know, in the Dawn's view saying, "Okay, you guys go here. You guys go there. I'm going to sit back and stroke a cat. (laughs) So, I mean, (laughs) there was a lot. You you really didn't have to do all the front work, but it was it's in. Long story short, it was a decent game that should have gotten better sales. And unfortunately, unless someone picks, unless another developer picks it up, we're not going to see another one. So sadness. Uh, I think somebody will pick it up. I think just to uh, just to sort of um, uh, sideways. I think we should talk about uh, the fact that uh, we never really talked about the fact that uh, Activision is suing EA for or suing Double Fine for. Oh yeah. Legend. What a bunch of bastards. Yeah. Tim Schafer's got a good mind, though, uh, about it. Um, he, made, he, made a, he made a divorce joke out of it. I thought that was pretty good. Uh-huh. I mean, he's, he's in good spirits about it. But, yeah, I think that's, yeah. I think it's very much a sco- uh, spurned girlfriend move because they sh- had him. And now yeah. they're, they're only doing it now. And that's only after a, you yeah. know, a confirmed release date, a really good showing at E3. I mean, check it out. It's one of the strongest th- uh, third-party games on most game sites for best of e3 yeah it's the best original ip out of the show i mean out of pretty much anyone's opinion it had a really good showing and i think activision's just you know sitting and stewing at this point because it let you know activision let a lot of good license go they let they left ghostbusters out which i thought who in their right mind would ever leave a ghostbusters license out and now God, they're leaving the lights out. They're getting they they've screwed themselves over so many times, and now I think they're just trying to get some spite out. Mm. Yeah, I remember when I heard that the Ghostbusters was getting dropped in like the takeover thing. I was just like, "What?" Oh, I sat like staring at the internet for the entire day, like near tears, because I was like, "My Ghostbusters game, where at does it same, go?" But at the same time, the... and may I say, one of the smart moves that Sony's done this year, which is a rare rare thing for a, a smart Sony business move. Um, was they picked up the license and they're distributing it ex- as a timed exclusive, uh, exclusive in the PAL regions. I'm yeah. like, you yeah. go. I mean, that's a PS3, PS2, yeah. and P- uh, PSP release. At One least thing for I a wish that they do. I wish that they'd. Uh, you know how they do these bundles all the time. The fact that they didn't do a Ghostbusters bundle is beyond me. Come on, they could have a slime oh, green a PSP. Slime green. And yeah. the Ghostbusters one and two movie, and the Ghostbusters and maybe game. Maybe some Autotech, and... uh, maybe some Proton Pack skins on the back of the PSP. Just yeah, so it looks I mean, like, yeah, you know, that would be a good move. But think about it. How many bundles have they released? I mean, how expensive is it yeah. for Sony to make these? They've done it for pretty much any, every other game. It's a color it's paint. It's, it's, a, it's a color paint. It's, it's not expensive at all. It's just expensive I, hiring oh. some guys to do this, to do the design. It's not, yeah. But then again, it is a third part. It, it's eventually a third party release, and they've really yeah. only done a lot of bundles with exclusive PSP products. So it's understandable. No, they, they did, it's they still did, stupid, uh, but it's understandable. Lego Batman and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. oh by the way, that you want stupid a stupid bet- Hannah Montana game. You, want, you guys want to <laughs> oh, bet yeah, that? Yeah, Hannah Montana game. There's going to be a Lego oh, on, Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah, definitely. Lego yeah. Ghostbusters? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think that's. Wait, where's this coming from? No, I'm betting. It's gonna happen. I'm no way, man. Just coming. No way. No, 
Yeah, I'm 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 calling okay. it right now. There's Maybe gonna be down a Lego Ghostbusters. No, I down the line, Matt. How, what's the time frame here? What's Two the, years. what's your release date? Two years? Two years. Yeah. I'm gonna push you back a year because I know we're gonna see Lego Lord of the Rings and I know we're gonna Definitely. see Lego Harry Potter. Yeah, but those oh, two absolutely, and that's gonna push us Lego back. I mean, yeah, it's not a lot to slap a Lego skin on a game, but we still got two <laughs> major labels, two major franchises that are gonna get Legoized, and that's gonna push oh, Lego man. Ghostbusters. It all depends on Ghostbusters selling well. I mean, it hasn't no, yeah. it hasn't it, been reviewed it, that it well. It's a completely different audience. Yeah, I think yeah. as long as uh, I think as long as I mean for okay. I think that there's also going to be Lego Transformers. If Transformers 2 does well, yeah. you know, in the box office, then there's going to be Lego Transformers. Wait, hold on. Wait. Aren't Transformers already kind of Lego-ish? Yeah. I mean, but I'm, I mean, I'm I guarantee you that... They're more like an Erector set. I mean, <laughs> really, they're, you know, they're metal. You can't really translate that to plastic or Bionicle even, but I don't know if anybody considers those proper Legos. Oh, God, enthusiastic Bionicle guys. sucks. Yeah, Bionicle <laughs> fucking sucks. Sorry. Sorry, well, Lego. Nice try, though. <laughs> you guys are nerds. <laughs> okay, again, I'm going to cut us off. Geeks, and I'm going yeah. to cut us off here, yeah. move to the last news post of the day, because we're going into Legos, and that, that's a sign where the discussion needs to stop. No, <laughs> no, no, no. That Lego license, you need to stop. That's so, gold, man. That's podcast <laughs> <one> of, gold. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> last one of the day, that's, a, you know, yay from the fanboys here. Mirror's Edge 2 is happening. It's in production. We're going to get awesome. it. Awesome! Yeah. <laughs> Wait, who is that oh, from? Is that a geek? No, no, that was Mats. I'm indifferent to Mirror's Edge 2. Uh, uh, well, that's because I you have no heart. I tried <laughs> Mirror's Edge 1, and I gotta say, uh, it didn't really do much for me. I think, I think was... that it, I think it could have used Elias. a bit more time, you know, just refining it somewhat. Elias. Right. Heartless. <laughs> Actually, I kind of want to, I kind of want to steer us for a second on this. Uh, I, I, I like, I loved Mirror's Edge, right? But there was like the parts in it where you're doing combat, which were just like mostly terrible, yes. with the except like the sniper battles and stuff like that. But then, like when you were outside, or was that one time where you're like in the uh, in the atrium type thing, and there's those two towers being constructed? Like, focus on that. And then, like, what I think is promising for Mirror's Edge too is that that downloadable map pack of just like no enemies, just like crap like crazy geometric stuff has like, anyone actually played the map packs yeah i, yeah, I played I the did. one that, uh a couple of them on the ps3 and it it's fine it it's exactly what it needs to be it's absolutely awesome. yeah. there's no it's not even a stage i mean it's just platforms floating in midair it feels like you're no. in the place where tetris, tetris blocks are before they fall down into the screen it's very <laughs> just it's very insane. correct it's very hard to make that as flow as well as it did it's very yeah. the right. placement is just right I think, I think we could that all they just have to work on collision detection. I, I think oh, that yeah. it was a bit off during the main game. Okay. And I think if I they, think we can all agree that Mirror's Edge put forth a lot of good mechanics. It just needs oh, yeah. to light, laser its yeah. focus. I mean, for a game mm. that said, we're not going to, you know, you don't need to know combat. It's a game on avoiding combat. You shouldn't then be fo- forcing combat in many sections of the game. Right. No. The, the, best parts, the, the best parts were when you were, actually, the guys were right Besides you, and you were running straight past them, going between yeah. columns, trying to dodge their shots. Yeah, the only the only real combat one I, I loved was when you know, there was like three snipers, and you had that really long rooftop, and you like if you stayed up for like more oh, yeah. than two seconds without sliding behind some crap, you were just shot in the face. I was like, oh, see that works with combat. Like that's that those are the things they can keep, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Mm. So but what, yeah, I mean uh, what, like. What, 
a bit more details on the project, though. Um, DICE has um, segregated a little bit of a smaller team on it as of now. So for pre-production, that's not necessarily indicative of how many people are going to be working on it come the, you know, the, the coding phase. But it's a smaller team, and they're really focusing on it. So I think, guy, um, everyone listening, all of us, if you want all these, I mean, even the fans have better ideas at this point than I think a lot of the Dice members had on the original game. <laughs> head over to, you know, head over to the sites, head over to the official, uh, official material, and bitch on forums, bitch on everything, because these are the kind of guys that are going to take that to heart. And we can yeah, definitely see a direct correlation between fan reaction and final product. So if you want to see changes like this, like I, I do, and I'm pretty sure everyone else does, bitch about yeah. it. Yeah. I just or, think or, that, you know, a bit more polish and maybe some more interesting characters, maybe yeah. a bit, you know, a better fleshed out storyline. <laughs> where where the cutscenes don't where the cutscenes don't look like insurance commercials. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's just it a direct correlation just... in my mind well, between those cutscenes and insurance commercials, and I hate insurance <laughs> commercials. They are pretty lame. Um, I think what I think they should leave the story largely behind. I think the first uh, the Mirror's Edge one story was really cliched and bad, so I don't think yeah, they should so focus they too fix much it. on that. No, I don't. Yeah. I'm just just. Fuck the story. You don't need the story. Not but I think, yeah, right. Just, me, just give me some mo motivation. Just give me a reason to go to that building and kill that guy. Just say, oh, okay. he's, you know, that whatever. That guy sucks. Kill him. Yeah. All right, Dice, <laughs> Dice if you're listening, I got to All right, Dice, here's our bullet points for you. Work on collision detection. Uh, no more focus on combat, save for uh, sniper duels where you have to slide into things. Either yeah. retool the story or get rid of it entirely. And I think my main point is, even if you can't get all of those other stuff, take a hit from Criterion Games on their downloadable content release schedule. If you can give us a couple maps, two or maps, three. one map every week for Mirror's Edge, you are going to see a lot more sales and you're going to see a lot more downloads. Also, if you can keep that up, you got it. Don't do just it. do ex uh, abstract maps. Do maps with context. Do maps yeah, with yeah, buildings. That, that was and... my big problem actually with the downloadable ones. Is like, well, I mean, they're really awesome to like run through and bowl. But like, I was like, oh, I feel like if I was in a city, I could probably you know get a little more into this or understand where in the hell I'm going, just because yeah. there's like a context to it. Yeah. So, I'd actually like and... to see some more varied environments. I mean, I really like the whole art style and you know the whole surgically yeah. clean feel of it, but I think at least if you can't incorporate some different environments organically into the actual game, then that's what downloadable content is for. Okay, so right. yeah, here's, think, here's what major... you should do with Mirror's Edge 2. <laughs> you should have um, a story that's basically, go here and kill that guy because he's mean to you, and he called you a pussy or something, and <laughs> then at the end of the game, if you do badly, you're dropped into a puddle of mud. If you do well, you're in a pristine building and have your own office. That's more awesome. sense too. Well, I, love I think it. that's actually contradictory to the. I actually think that's contradictory to the main thing of the game because that's what the you know they're on the edge of the law. That's what Mirror's Edge meant. Oh, no, but you are, no, I mean, dude, you're gonna we're gonna blow through that. Even that, we're gonna go beyond yeah. that and go corporate. <laughs> that's all there is. Corporate couriers. Okay, I see. Yeah. They're gonna be get. Okay, so basically Mirror's Edge is the point that leads up to FedEx being created. Yeah. That's what, that's yeah. what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. But I like what Elliot said. I mean, you can have a sort of Central Park level 
where it's you know mo a lot of natural uh, environments. Yeah, just get, um, just get. I mean, get out of the city a bit, or at least not where it looks like it's designed by a four-year-old with uh, highlighters. Imagine, know? imagine uh, going through a, a redwood forest. That'd be awesome. Treetops. Yeah. Just I don't even care that for those kind of environments, but like you know, like a doubt, like a kind of like a slum city would be cool, like tin roof, yeah. kind of like corrugated, <laughs> whatever. That'd be badass. Oh, wait, wait, thing you is, can reenact, is... you can reenact the beginning to Slumdog Millionaire, just like running through yeah. the slums of Bombay. That'd be awesome. I think uh, Good and Evil is going to be our fix for that, actually. Yeah, probably. Well, yeah. we're right. not sure. We're not sure how official that gameplay video was, yeah. but it looked. It is. That's pretty damn good. Yeah, it looked damn official. <laughs> I wonder what uh I wonder if Dice is considering a sandbox for Mirror's Edge 2. Oh no, that can't work. No way. I yeah, mean, I it could probably be linear. But if you, uh, I mean, the worst parts of Mirror Mirror's Edge, even when it's even con uh, even considering the combat, was when you didn't know where to go and mm. you didn't have. Well, a I mean, direction. that was just that was just poor design. I mean, I would just like some slightly different ways of going about the game. Yeah. I guess I had always imagined it too. Like before pre-release, there'd be like five routes through a level, and there was like two yeah. or three at the time. But yeah, I, I, I can agree with Elliot here. Like three, or, like three to five, maybe six. I don't know, just a couple more ways. Just, just not sandbox. If, if, if you <laughs> mess, it should be if you mess up one jump, you'll land on a lower platform that'll ex immediately um, ramp up to another uh, sort of yeah. path. So it, yeah, because I, mean, always I just got tired of the whole restarting you know from the same point if you yeah. miss a jump i think there should be just so, sort of like a safety net mm. yeah well, so uh, you want that chick from prince of persia in the game no but it should oh, be it no, should be with flow i actually yeah. like prince of persia a lot but it should be with yeah. flow you, you shouldn't actually that's basically a checkpoint system you should actually just land on a lower platform and keep going yeah 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 but like certain heights still kill you Anyways, we're yeah, excited yeah. about it. Yeah. I think it's the main point all of us are trying to get across here. Is that I mean, we wouldn't be actively debating this if we didn't think there was some merit to the formula. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah definitely. A good game Absolutely. Here. Absolutely. And I think, yeah. you know, I've, I'm pretty sure DICE has heard a lot of these complaints already, so I'm looking forward to it. So oh, keep and, your fingers oh, crossed, guys, and, and your, and, if you have ideas. Do more um, time trials time. when it comes to trophies yes. and stuff. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That could have been in the game in itself. <laughs> Yeah. I hope you're listening, Dice. Okay, I'm pretty sure that's all for the news, Matt. Take us yeah. away to yeah. the next point, then. Um, yeah, we yeah. actually have yeah. a new question of the week. Um, I know we I didn't uh, post this in the forums. Uh, that's my bad. I sort of forgot. Um, you're a bad we didn't, Bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the question of the week is actually... Let's see. Uh, what game or game franchise has affected you the most on a personal level? Um, Elliot, why don't you just start? Uh, probably, I don't know. It, definitely an RPG series. It, actually, maybe Monkey Island. I think Monkey Island would probably be a strong contender. Do you have... Just because, just because I played it so much as a kid. Okay. And okay. Any specific examples on why... Yeah. It, yeah. it was well written, you know. Mm. You know, I think that's one thing that gaming is lacking because there are only a handful of games that yeah, actually have really good writing. 
And if you think about it, a game with good writing actually gets you a lot of press because other than that, what else is, you know, what else does Brutal Legend really have going for it outside of a decent mesh of strategy, racing, and action? It's mm -hmm. that writing of it. It's, so I, yeah, the Tim Schafer comedy, you know, just the whole Ron Gilbert, Tim Schafer games. I think those affected me the most on the personal level. That yeah, and did, Baldur's did Gate. Did they change you, or did you just admire the or enjoy the game all that much more? Did they change you? Show it from the doll when the game changed you. Yeah. Did they make you think think differently of something important? No. <laughs> I can't think of any, any games game that did that, Elliot. I, I I don't think there are any games that have made me change my life or anything. Aside so you just popped out. Of, you just popped out of the room, loving womb, loving games and all of their artistic merits. <laughs> no, I mean, after I played Monkey Island One, it changed me in that I bought Monkey Island Two, Three, Four, and uh, I pre-ordered Tales of Monkey Island. <laughs> that's how it changed me. All right. Okay. Yeah, that's... I'm dying over here. That's just the greatest thing. <laughs> it changed me that I bought the sequels. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, Gavin, how about you? Um, okay. Uh, let's see. I got about a, I got a couple of games here, uh, if you don't mind me going through. Yep. Yep. Uh, let's see. Growing, you know, I, I started gaming many, many the, the way many people did. Um, old old hand-me-down games. I played, Mar uh, you know, the original Mario's a lot. I played uh, old Atari and Amiga games. Um, but the game that really got me into it saying I want to you know, I want to actively participate in this. It's not something I will just do when I'm bored. It was actually a, I believe, SNES uh, LucasArts game called uh, Zombies Ate My Neighbors. It yes. was a, uh, yeah. I love that. I put so many embarrassing hours into that game, and I died so much because once you get past level 30, it is, it just gets, it just gets so difficult. But that was, it felt like an early Insomniac game with all the weapons you got. And, like, there is no other game where I can throw tomatoes at a werewolf and it would hurt them. I just, I, I was fascinated by that. I'm throwing I, I like, tomatoes. I'm throwing plates. I'm throwing, yeah, I have a, I, like I have football. a treasure chest that contains Tinkerbell and it hurts people. I mean, this was, it was such a fascinating, and it was just a ton of fun. I had um, a water pistol fill, filled with holy water. I'm like, this was so, there was no story. You had to save people, and really, they died. It's like, okay, whatever. You need to save at least one person per level. But it was a ton of fun, and it made me realize that games aren't just, this, aren't just Mario. It, they aren't just this little, simple, dinky thing that I can play on my cell phone when I'm you know, in an elevator. I'm like, this is awesome. Uh, moving on, actually, I actually distanced myself from games. Uh, that's about the time my parents got divorced, so there was a lot of family drama around. And actually, when I met my stepdad, and I've mentioned this before, I also met his collection of games. And that also included games like Monkey Island and Full Throttle. But not a lot of that affected me. I didn't go to that originally. Um, Might and Magic was a huge series for me mm. in gaming. Specifically, Might and Magic 6, The Mandate of Heaven. It's this really old and choppy and horrible-looking RPG. And it's just ridiculously fun. It's pixelated as hell. You just have a group of adventurers that you customize at the beginning, go through all these quests first person. I mean, like, it's a really cheesy not uh, cheesy version of The Elder Scrolls, but it was a lot of fun. And then the main one that I'm still a fanboy for after my first playthrough, probably the last one I'll talk about, um, is Grim Fandango. When I first played that, I was just... 
amazed by the fluidity of it. I was amazed by the writing, by the world created. Uh, that actually got me into film noir films. That got me into looking into Dia de los Muertos um, in, in terms of a larger spec um, speculation about it. It got me into more into playing games actively, like purchasing games myself with allowance or my first job. And certainly other games have you know, re reasserted my artistic love for the medium, like Indigo Prophecy later did, or Shadow of the Colossus, you know. I hit most of the stereotypical art marks. But yeah. Grim Fandango was the first major point where I was like, these aren't just, these aren't what the news are, these aren't what the newscasters are telling me they are. So, mm. they're, they're more than just making people commit, uh, you know, commit fun little murders on, <laughs> that entertain me in the news hour. So, those are mine, main. Those are mine that are ch that changed me, I suppose <clears throat> I can say. Okay, cool. Um, Dan, how about you? All right, so uh, I've got I've got a decent little lineup here. Actually, not a huge lineup, but uh, the big thing that changed me and affected me personally was uh, when I'd gone over to my grandma's house. My uncles both still lived there. They were about uh, I think 19 or 20 at the time, and I was like four, and they were playing. Uh, Zelda and Metroid for the NES and they were making exhaustive maps of the world and so like they had taxed me and my brothers with helping them create the map so we'd go around in both games and just like bomb every wall and burn every bush just to find every single secret for them so like that that was the biggest memory I have of it now and then the same uncle that had us do that now I do that type of thing not the exact same thing because I don't like child labor and making them make maps for me but uh I, i'm always playing games with uh his kids now who are uh between like four and ten so they've got their nintendo ds's and we're always like playing mario kart or bomberman or or whatever when they come over my house for you know family get-togethers so those those are my those are like two big games they're just map making in those <laughs> cool yeah. nice little generational yeah. story there <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love it because like I'm, I'm the exact same age now as like you know my two uncles were when you know I was really young and they like got me into gaming. I think there's a pretty funny story. My aunt, uh, uh, the one's wife, was just like, you know, should we let our kids get a game console? And I was just like, lady, you're talking to the wrong guy. Like your husband is the one who got me into gaming, like in a big way. Should probably talk to him about that. So <laughs> good job. What I, about I, you, Must? Um, oh, sorry. Yeah. Are you done? Are, uh, I'm sorry, I'm cutting yeah, you off, Dan. I was going to ask Mutz. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I Okay, so I mentioned earlier that uh, the first game I ever played was uh, Wolfenstein 3D, and that really got me into gaming, got me interested. But, uh, but at the same time, uh, well, we didn't have many consoles or anything like that, and, and it was really uh, in the PS1 era that I really started to become what you call a gamer now. Uh, and and the one game that did that for me is is definitely Silent Hill One. Uh, oh, dude, you're oh, hitting God. you're hitting home now, man. Yeah, <laughs> just and I was young. I mean, I should have been freaked the fuck out by that game, and I and I was and I was. But oh my God, if a game can ever be put on a pedestal of art and 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 immersion and 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 having an atmosphere and, and yeah. making you feel Silent Hill. There's a Silent Hill feeling now for me. Oh, and, yeah. And, yeah. and that is just huge for me. That a game can I do can't... that is just amazing. <laughs> I think that, that was the moment when I realized I was a giant pussy. I think, actually. <laughs> Dude, I can't hear radio static anymore without being cre creeped out. Yeah, like, exactly. Without yeah. really shitting my pants. It's... 
it's uh, and and really it, it's it's the game that made me think okay this is in a class of itself gaming has reached uh the quality of the best movies the game is gaming is now a legitimate uh, form of art and it's gaming is 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 a big part of my life um, it's interesting that you bring up silent hill one because i think every, no, because that's single, all... every single skew of people have met a different silent hill with that respect, yeah. I mean, for me, that was actually Silent Hill 3. I know that sounds odd. I mean, I played the ones before that. Oh, 3 is definitely an people, awesome game as, as well. So. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of, you know, the popular one, Silent Hill 2. I mean, even people have even, you know, met Silent Hill 4 and had that same experience. And I think that's a really, that shows a really good, strong strength to a franchise. It's, it's, it's a formula. Else. It's a formula of finding yeah. that Silent Hill feeling that yeah. I, that I said. Uh, it's, it's just... Yeah, there's something about Silent Hill. No movie has ever been able, or perhaps even, well, the Silent Hill movie maybe a little, but no movie other than that has been been able to capture that feeling of of just disturbing. Yeah, just being disturbed yeah, yeah, by right. everything, and it's just awesome. Uh, so yeah, uh, that we nailed that question of the week. Anybody else? Uh... Any last little things that came up to while we were uh, thinking? Actually, uh, while you guys were talking, I started thinking about Final Fantasy VI. I'd say that oh God, changed Elliot me in that... Fantasy. Yeah, Final Fantasy VI, <laughs> in that it was the first game that got me, got me interested in uh, video game music and the people who composed them. So it was after Final Fantasy VI that I started getting all of the uh, soundtracks by Nobuo Uematsu, and it was the first game to get me really interested in concept art. You know, and I started looking oh, for art no. books and everything else by Yoshitaka Amano. And ever since then, yeah. you know, I've always taken an active interest in the music and the concept art of different games. That's actually interesting because Silent Hill, actually, with yeah. uh, Akira Yamaoka-san's score, really got me into um, got me into video game music and music in general in terms of interacting with the cinematography and gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. I've but of course, Uematsu is you know the king of video game composers. Um, Final Fantasy VI has some of my favorite themes ever, and so I could definitely I'm I'm right there with you with six being on a musical pedestal at least, if Here, not the greatest. Here's the here's my order of um, great music in games, um, or game franchises. It's it's um, Silent Hill, Final Fantasy, Metal Gear. Nice, and, Harry Gregson Williams. Yeah. Great, great themes. Yeah, except the main Metal Gear theme is actually a uh, plagiarized. Yeah, yeah rip off. Shh, but... shh, shh, quiet. <laughs> sorry. Let it, I'm sorry, let Elliot. Me. I mean, I I actually never heard the original version, but I actually like teared up at the end of uh, Snake Eater with the yeah, re- me too. with the reinvision mm. of that theme. I'm like, no games really yeah. hit me that hard. I actually uh, did a top ten about that, but uh, and Gregson Williams was on the list, but he was number ten. Mm. You know, I consider. Yeah, I consider Michael Land, you know, the uh, guy who did the dig in the Monkey Island games, I consider him to be amazing. Uh, uh, Matt Ullman, who did Diablo and Diablo 2's music. Ooh, very nice. Mm. And a lot, of po- a lot of times people don't really take note of the music because you're too busy, you know, just Wailing. killing yeah. minions and all that. And uh, also uh, Michael Hoenig, who did Baldur's Gate and Baldur's Gate 2. Mm. Very good. Nice. Well... Uh, yeah, basically. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, I think we've beaten this topic to death, basically. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> do you guys have any uh, any uh, up- upcoming features or reviews or whatever uh, you want to pimp on the site? Um, I've got a. I've been playing through Rolando for the iPhone, which is a pretty solid. Uh, it's like a Loco Roco type ripoff, but it actually allows you to tilt your machine and control them. So I have that I'm working on, and then there's another little feature, but I don't know if that's even going to be finished ever. So uh, those are my two things I'm working on right now. All right. Anybody else? Um, um, I am actually. Ahead. I'm actually. Uh, going to be reviewing fuel prototype and uh depending when i get it from uh, hong kong uh a little device called the gp2x whiz it's a handheld gaming device that uh you know it does pretty much everything that a psp does but it has a touch screen and it's linux based so it's open source and i'm also going to be reviewing uh demon souls the upcoming Atlas RPG that's meant Ooh. to come out in October. Uh, I'm importing that. that you getting well. you got the port copy? Yeah, I, I I should, you know, play Asia already sent it to me. I should be getting it by the end of the month. And I'm also working on a video review of Africa, known as Hakuna Matata in Asia. <laughs> Apparently, they don't have the. Yeah, no, it's it's, yeah, it's okay. Africa. It's Africa in Asia, and Hakuna Matata in America. No, it's, it's Africa here. There's... Yeah, it's Africa here yeah. as oh. well. Because you can't some... sell a game called Hakuna Matata in the States. Yeah, no way. Really, they don't have no. the Lion King in Asia. You know, Disney apparently... will kill you. Yeah. Huh. They will eat your soul, and Mickey Mouse will murder you. <laughs> you've, seen, you've seen what he can do in Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, finally, I'm working on part two of my stealth gaming retrospective. Part one, I covered uh, Wolfenstein and... Uh, you know the graduate the gradual change from the original PC versions to uh, Wolfenstein 3D, which was not a stealth game. And for yeah, part two, I'll be covering uh, Metal Gear. Metal yeah, pretty Gear. much just Metal Gear. Cool. Yeah. The entire series or the first one? Uh, just I'm actually going his you know chronologically, so it's going to be just the 8-bit era with yeah, okay. a primary focus on Metal Gear because that's pretty much the big one yeah, for okay. that era. Cool. Wait, wouldn't chronologically be Snake Eater first? Are you going by release uh, chronologically? Uh, who's yes, chronology? <laughs> the real world. The real world chronology. Oh. It's a valid it's a, it's Why do you want to care about that? <laughs> what, that place sucks. It's all about Naked Snake, man. <laughs> all about it. Um, uh, wow. So I'm actually... Um, I'm doing a couple of things. Uh, I'm doing a tech review of iPhone uh, cool. 3G. Uh, it's not 3GS because we don't have that in Europe yet, uh, but whatever. Uh, it's uh, And I'm doing a few games, game reviews for it. Uh, I'm also doing an infamous um, video review, and I know I promised it this week, or Randy promised it this week rather, but it's actually Randy's fault that it's not out this week. So. <laughs> blame Randy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the point of editors. You can always blame the editor. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, it should be Especially out shortly. It, uh, and I'm sorry for the delay. It's just that it's uh, with E3 and with uh, problems with the tech and stuff. It's it's been a mess. But I'll get it out. Um, and uh, other other than that, uh, I'm doing a review of Sam and Max for the Xbox Episode One. Um, cool. 
And uh, yeah, I think that's it. That's it. Yeah. Um, Gavin, do you have anything? Oh, uh, yeah. I've been putting up preview articles. Hopefully you guys have liked it. I haven't got a lot of feedback from it, but I'm going to be continuing those. Got about two to four of those, depending on how many we actually want to keep doing. Because um, I still... Um, I, I actually got back... Randy was nice enough to take time from his editorial duties and uh, transcribe this extraordinarily long interview I had with Joseph Olin, the president of the Academy of Inter Art, Interactive Arts and Sciences. I, know, I always get that wrong. So I'll be putting that up. And that's a really good interview. So you guys need to look out for that. That's, that'll make you feel educational and smart for, for uh, watching <laughs> that. And a um, couple more interview articles from E3. Uh, still got my um, anthropomorphics in gaming kind of feature going up. That's still very much in the stewing phase. You're not going to see that. Um, and mainly, I mean, I'm going to actually plug another guy since he's not here, but um, Kip did mention that he wants to make the Pokemon I Can Take um, a regular recurring series. So I'm going to plug that. The first episode is up. It's been up for a couple oh, days, but check that out. It's absolutely fantastic. And I and yeah. we should be seeing more episodes of that coming up soon. So going to plug him for that. I wonder, so Kip, yeah. I wonder who's next. Up with that. I mean, he... He wrecked Bulbasaur in that first fight, so he got to wonder who's next. You know? What's, uh, I mean, it, it, what's can, the fire guy called? called? Charmander? Charmander, yeah. I, I'm hoping or Charizard. That. I mean, I don't think he can take a, a giant dragon. No, Maybe he's no. giving me a note right now. But, he's just like, I can't take Charizard. No way. He's pretty big. He's probably, he's probably the size of a Komodo dragon that stands up, man. I don't know. Uh, that's pretty rough. Yeah, that's pretty rough, yeah. With hardened <laughs> skin and all that. Um, yeah, and it definitely, definitely can't get, take uh, Pikachu. So, no, unless he, I mean, unless he's got like a rubber bag or something, like you know, the Team Rocket always had. There's no way Pika, he's just gonna get fried. Yeah. So maybe Squirtle's next. Maybe Squirtle's next. I don't know. Hmm. We'll see. What water warning? <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> no, I don't know anything. I have no inside information. I might, you know, live by the guy, but <laughs> I have no inside info. All right. Sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's that's pretty much it. Uh, say goodbye, guys. Hey, thanks for listening. See you later. <laughs> later, dudes. And dudettes, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, later, guys. <laughs> Bye. Elliot? Nah, okay. If you don't want to say goodbye, that's fine. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, bye. I'll say goodbye. <laughs> bye, everybody. No goodbye from Elliot. You are, all our <laughs> listeners are not worthy of it. Work harder. <laughs> Chief, can you hear me?